0: If you're not careful, if you listen to the wrong people, you will come home with an attitude and a different mindset, and people look at you, what's wrong with that person? Oh, you remember the time you came home acting funny, and people looked at you all funny, oh, let me stay out of their way. They acting all funny. They were fine when they left in the morning, but by the end of the day, they have allowed what they've been through, and they brought it home with them.
1: You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God.
0: Caution and warning has come to let us know that danger or something may cause harm is near us. Parents may say, listen, something is not adding up with this person or that situation. Proceed with caution. Maybe we might be tempted to make a financial arrangement with a person or a company, or someone with with financial expertise may warn us, be careful about that. Something looks suspicious. The interest rate is, you can get a lower interest rate if you just shop around a little bit. The payoff is twice as much as what I think it should be. In other words, the term caution can be used in a variety of different ways for different scenarios. For example, signs may be posted in a certain area to bring to our attention that I should proceed in this particular area and watch out for something that may hinder my progress. Watch my step. Animals are crossing. Roads are icy. I remember riding down the road, you see a sign that says deer may cross right here and you start to look for that deer and make sure that deer ain't going to cross while you're riding down the road. Even our vehicles come with certain caution lights. For example, I don't care how fancy it is, excuse me, I don't care what kind of car it is, but most vehicles have warning lights. And I'll be honest with you, that gas warning light has saved my life so many times. I'm so glad. I'll be riding down the road and all of a sudden that light come on. And I don't know what it is. I know I need gas. I see the line going down, but until that light up, it don't even register to me. I ain't got before with people that understand what I'm talking about right there. but that's okay. Though. Pray, for the, pray for us. Okay? We know there's a tire pressure light that'll come on, an oil pressure light that'll come on, an engine light that'll come on, a fuel light, service light, whatever it is. Warnings are necessary in life to help us to avoid dangerous and hurtful situations. And warnings, again, are advanced notices of something that indicates may or may not happen. Now, depending on our maturity, we may get offended by a warning rather than allowing the warning to instruct us. In other words, sometimes people get offended when you warn them about something. They get resentful. They think you're trying to get in their business because you say, hey, be careful about that. And they, you know, sometimes people get attitude. Hey, why are you trying to talk to me? I'm grown. I'm 9, 10, and 2. I do what I want to do. Y'all don't know post? 9, 10 and 2 mean you're 21. That's what basically they're saying here. Certain things and people can come into our lives and cause ruin, destruction, and ultimately death if we are not careful. Things, people can kill our confidence. They can destroy our future, steal our hope and faith, and cause financial ruin, take us out of the will of God. And all people are trying to do is just warn you because they see certain traits or certain patterns that they recognize that could cause trouble down the road. Remember that depending on our maturity, we may get offended by a warning rather than receiving the wisdom and instruction that comes from warnings. And of course, there not everybody that gives you a warning has your best interest at heart. Now we know that there's some people that just do it just to be doing stuff, but there are some people that love you. There's some people that. Uh, Want the best for you that will warn you about certain things that will come up in your life. And we can tell that for those individuals that get resentful because they have they have a negative emotional reaction. Thoughts that were being mistreated, frustrated, anger, and such begin to take place in their life. But you know what? Warnings are not new. Jesus, our ultimate example. Warn us and warn the disciples to beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In fact, let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. And we're going to read 6 through 12, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Now, we know Jesus loves us. The Bible tells us in John that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever uh, believe him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God loves us. He loves us with an unconditional love. So if Jesus gives us a warning, you know he has our best interests at heart, right? Matthew chapter 16, verse 6 reads as follows. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees verse 7. And they reasoned among themselves saying, "Is it because we have taken no bread?" Verse, verse 8. And Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, "Oh you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have not brought no bread? Do you not do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5000 and how many baskets, baskets you took up?" verse 10 nor the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? Verse 11, how is it that you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to be aware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And when Jesus came into the region of Sisera-Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Well, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? I to, I read a little bit further, but he went on to talk about how, talked about how that he revealed to them that he was the Son of God, or Jesus, I should say. And, and, and heaven and earth shall pass, excuse me, let me read, let me read one more scripture to you. Verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I want to bring that point to you to understand that the Holy Spirit reveals revelation to you. It reveals truth to you. And truth will help warn you against the things that will come against your life. Now, let's go back to Matthew 16 and verse 6. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware, be cautious of the leaven. Now, leaven is an interesting word there. It means the mental and moral corruption that is designed to infect others in a negative way. That the leaven is a mental and moral corruption, and its purpose is to infect others in a negative way. He's warning us against leaven. He's warning us against things that will bring more corruption in our lives. And he begins this verse with, take heed. In other words, see with your eyes and your mind. See this physically and see it mentally. Become knowledgeable about this matter and beware. Beware. Get to know what's going on around you. Be mindful that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are thinking, talking, and doing things that will bring harm to you. And we have to be careful. we got to take heed to this particular warning. Because there are people around today that will tell you things that will cause you, if you're not careful, it will morally corrupt you. Even today. Even in 2023, people would tell you things that would take you out of the will of God. What I find interesting about the Pharisees and the Sadducees is that they are, were religious leaders and teachers. They knew the Mosaic law. In other words, they knew the teachings of Moses. Quick reference to build background on who Jesus was warning his disciples about. We'll find this over in the book of Matthew chapter three. Hold that, we're coming back to it. Matthew chapter three and verse seven. And while you turn, let me say this to you. Pharisees, they knew the law. They were focused on the outward appearance. They were known for giving, praying and fasting, but it was for a show. They were rather, they were bitter enemies of Jesus and His purpose here on the earth. Notice what Matthew chapter 3 and verse 7 says. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, the Sadducees, they were religious leaders, but they denied the resurrection. They did not believe in the supernatural. They didn't believe in the existence of spirits and angels and such like, and they sought to test Jesus, questioning his authority. And we go over to Matthew, we see that in Matthew 16 1 through 16. And as you see, Jesus warned the disciples not to get in their business, but because he saw the potential of danger with them listening to Pharisees and listening to Sad, uh, Sadducees. He said, hey, I'm warning you, be careful who you listen to because that can cause devastation in your life. And let me say this to you. If you're not careful, if you listen to the wrong people, you will come home with an attitude and a different mindset and people look at you, what's wrong with that person? Oh, you remember the time you came home acting funny and people looked at you all funny. Oh, let me stay out of their way. Because they acting all funny. Now, they were fine when they left in the morning. But by the end of the day, they have allowed what they've been through, and they brought it home with them. Mm, I got five people that say they man. I know I ain't the only one that did something like that before. Coming there with an attitude, it, looking at folks funny, like, why this house ain't clean Why this ain't this? Why that? go to verse 7, Matthew 16, verse 7. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, is it because we have taken no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourself? Because you have brought no bread. Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000, how many bags that you took up? Oh, you remember that time he fed the 5,000 people? Woo! Boy, he'd say, you, you ever wonder about your food? God will supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ's season. If God can take, listen, a few fish and feed 5,000 folks, he can feed your house with five or six folks in it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God can feed 5,000, he can feed your eight. He can feed your ten. He can feed your two. He can feed your one. Verse 10, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000, and how many large baskets you took up. Yeah. I remember sometimes we used to go through situations, like we wonder what we going to eat. It was a rough time back in the day. What we going to eat. But by the time we fixed the food, we had leftovers for the next day. You know God can do some supernatural stuff. He's still, he, he still doing supernatural stuff because he started here when he was on the earth. And he's still doing the same thing today. Verse 11. How is, it, how is it to you, do not understand, that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? We see how the disciples' maturity comes forth in verse 12. Then they understood. Matthew 16, verse 12. Then They understood. Then they comprehended. Then they made a mental connection. As we like to say, a light bulb came on. Now I understand what he's talking about. That he did not tell them to be aware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine, the teaching, that which is being taught, the instruction of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were religious leaders. People who knew the Mosaic law, they knew what Numbers said. They knew what Leviticus said and so forth. But now Jesus said, beware, be cautious of their teaching. Understanding helps us to mature and make better mental connections. When I understand something, I am mature, I'm growing up. Listen, when I was, a, when I was growing up and tr- thought I knew something about being a man, Oh, I thought I knew something about being a man. I thought I knew because you know sometimes you think a man is this, that, and the other. Like you know, you think a man is what we ha- see on the outside, but a man is what you got on the inside. Mm-hmm. Women, y'all ain't saying nothing right there, but uh, 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 but but women, uh, hey, a woman is a woman is not something on the outside, but what's on the inside. Mm. So. Understanding comes to You understand I need to grow up. You understand I need to make better decisions. You understand I need to be more responsible than what I was before. Why? Because I'm growing up. I'm learning. I'm making a mental connection. Oh, that's why they want me to work, because I got bills. Hmm. You know, when you grow up, you, uh, when you're growing up and somebody else paying all the bills, oh, you, you ain't got a care in the world, do you? All this internet free, all this TV free, all this, all the gross. I, get, I go to the gross. I can go in the refrigerator and then look in there and get me something to drink. Because it just be stocked with drinks. And when they get low, all of a sudden the drink fairy come back and put more drinks in them. I ain't got to buy nothing. I ain't got to do nothing. This is wonderful. I, mine was Kool-Aid. Boy, we were out glowing Kool-Aid. Boy, Solomon Mackey, Kool-Aid came back in the refrigerator. But when I made that connection, somebody buying this stuff. Somebody paying for this this refrigerator to keep my drinks cool. Somebody paying for this television I'm watching. Somebody paying for this internet, this Wi-Fi right here. Somebody paying for all this stuff. And I made a connection now. I'm learning. I'm growing up. Okay, that's why I need to work. That's why I can't get mad to quit after after, 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 I don't don't like the way they treat me or I don't like the way this, that, that, that and the other happened. I got to keep on working because I got responsibility. Somebody say responsibility. See, when you understand that, then the warnings make more sense to you. That's why they told me to do this. That's why they told me not to wear my and do all this other stuff. Why? Because they knew that one day I would have responsibility therefore, I need to take heed to the spiritual as well as the natural words. Therefore, I need to be in the house of God on every Sunday I can because I need to take heed to what God is speaking to me because he helps me to think, talk, and act more like him. Why? Well, I've got to take heed to it. So I, I need to know how to live. So man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I need to come in the house of God to hear what God's saying so I know how to live. So I can mature, I can grow up, I can make connection. Why Jesus said, men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. I need to pray because prayer ain't doing nothing for Jesus, but prayer is doing everything for me. Yeah, because when I go to work, I need prayer. When I deal with my family, I need prayer. When I look at them bills, I need prayer. When I look in that refrigerator, I need prayer. When I go to the doctor, I need prayer. I need to believe in a God that's able to to do all things self-fail. I need to make that connection. I need to make that connection. And the more we understand and comprehend, we can see the big picture in spiritual as well as natural matters. Therefore, Jesus warned and cautioned his disciples about the doctrine and teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And even today, we have to be careful about different teachings and doctrines and instructions that we hear. Everything and everybody is not meant to feed us. Not meant to teach us. Not meant to impart into our lives. Not everybody. No, no, mm -mm, no, 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 no. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of Jeremiah 3 and 15. The book of Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Not everybody is meant to do, impart instructions into my life. Jeremiah 3 and 15. The Bible says this, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God was going to give us shepherds that's going to feed us with knowledge and understanding. We need God, God's shepherds to guide us, prepare us, and warn us when it comes to dealing with everyday life. See, the Word of God comes to give us insight, instruction, confidence, strength, Hope, maturity, and so forth. It comes to prepare and warn us what is ahead. The Holy Spirit will tell you or show you things to come. And one definition is that he prepares you for what's about to happen. Thank you for preparing me for what's about to happen. Oh, you you don't understand. If God did not prepare us for what is about to happen, some of us would not be here today. Because he prepared us. He prepared us. He got us ready for what is about to happen. And we can think about recently when the Holy Spirit continues to speak to us about maturity, being forward-minded, being grateful, and being thankful. Go to the podcast and get those messages. Just recently, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us about being holy. And we can expect the enemy and our flesh to oppose or resist what God is instructing us to do. And as God is trying to get us to be holy, the enemy is trying to get us to be anything but holy. See, holiness is right. Holiness is what God is. In other words, we're allowing Jesus to change us inwardly as his will is being done in our life. See, Jesus desired to place his character and his nature in us. And when he looks in, and he looks in the mirror, what will What reflection will he see? Will he see his character, his way of thinking, his talking, his acting, or will he see us acting our old way? I've lived lived long enough to understand when you look in the mirror, mirror don't lie. Mirror don't lie. Mirror just say, hey, this is what you got right here. This is what you're working with right here. This is what you got on right here. And this is what you look like right here. You know, I I can turn sideways, backwards, and try to do like this. What you see right here? It it just reflects. Mirror don't try to get no opinions. It don't try to tell you anything. It just tells you what it sees. So when you look into the mirror of God's Word, it just tells you what it sees. It tells you what it sees. Does it see Christ? Mind it. Believe us, or does it see something contrary to Christ? What does it see? Peter instructs us in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and verse 16. It reads as follows, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So the reason I want to be holy, because he's holy. This is not a religion, but I want to be holy because he's holy. I want to be holy because he's holy. I'm about relationship with him. It's relationship with him. I, thank you, Lord. I appreciate my wife taking on my last name. That said she wanted to be with me. I didn't change her. I said, God, she wants to be with me. And so she took on my last name. Now, when she took on my last name, it, it, it starts, she is being Mrs. Dobbs now. Are y'all seeing this? Well, when you take on Christ, you're starting to be like Christ. All right? You're being like Christ. You're being like our Savior. You're being like our Redeemer. You're being like our all and all. Remember, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and earth without form and void and so forth. But then he created man in his image. And we want to be in the image of Christ. The image of Christ. And so he says, but as he called you is holy, he's dedicated or consecrated to God and sacred. You also be or become or be made holy in all your conduct. And let me say this. It takes a lifetime to be made. It takes a lifetime to be made. It's not, And I'm glad I'm being made. I'm glad God didn't give up on me and said, you know what? That's a lost cause right there. But God is still making us in the sanctuary, making us today, making us every day to be holy. He's making us to be holy. And I appreciate he's making us to be holy. I appreciate he's making you to be holy. I'm not expecting perfection. I'm just expecting you to allow Jesus or the Holy Spirit to make you. And just because you wear some, don't mean you made. Do you have the character? Do you have the thinking of Christ on the inside of you? Because you're being made holy in all your conduct, your manner of life, or your behavior. Because it's written, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And so, therefore, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is helping us to be what He has called for us to be. I can't nobody can do this on their own. That's why he came. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, but he left us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is helping us to be. Woo, thank God he's helping us to be.
1: Because
0: I can't do this on my own. I need help being what Christ wanted me to be. And the Lord wants to dedicate, He wants us to dedicate our life to having conduct and behavior like him. And he wants us to be consecrated, set apart, inwardly for his purpose. I grew up with a situation where we sometimes focus more on the outside than we did on the inside. I'm more concerned about going on you inwardly than I am outwardly. Because if you're inward taken care of, the outwardly will come. But we got to take the Christ to work in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Holiness also means to be morally pure, blameless, not flawless, but recognize that the blood of Jesus came to purify us, cleanse us, and place us in right standing with the Father. Thank God that we're in right standing with Jesus. He paid that ransom for us, y'all. And he desires that we live a life consecrated to him. He paid for us? Hey, I think he deserves he deserves it because he paid. You said he paid a price, y'all. I'm not, he didn't pay just a small price, but he paid a tremendous price. And the price he paid was back at the cross at Calvary. He paid it. He paid it. He died. He was buried. And he's alive right now. Woo. Thank God for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a personal thing. He who called you is holy, dedicated, or consecrated. You also be holy. Not we, but you, me, individuals, in all your conduct, matter of life, and behavior, become holy. It's a process. But we need to demonstrate and embrace this process individually as well as corporately and allow God's word to transform us in how we think, talk, and act to be more like Jesus. Allow his mind to be in us, Christ-minded believers. The enemy in our flesh will try to cause us to believe that holiness is a religion. But holiness is a relationship that reflects Jesus here on the earth. See, when Jesus walks around, does he see himself here on the earth? Does he see himself here on the earth? How are we becoming, think about right now, How are we becoming like him right now? Be ye holy, for I am holy. The Lord is looking for a church that is holy. How you know, Pastor Dobbs? Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. you don't mind? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That he might present her to himself a glorious church. A glorious is a church that's held in great esteem, honorable church. The church, of course, is the gathering of believers in Jesus Christ. And the latter part of 5 and 27 says this not having spot, a more blemish or a wrinkle or small fold or any such thing, but that you, sh- you that she should be holy, consecrated to God, and without blemish, without fault, and without blame. See the Lord wants us as believers to become holy, therefore He's sending us warnings to separate from some thinking, talking, and actions that are not in line to what we know is true in his word. And he wants us to get ready and be ready for his coming. He's not coming back for a church, looking and acting and talking like the world, doing what they want to do. But he wants a church that is holy and without blemish. He desires for us to be holy, set aside, consecrated to him Not flawless, but constantly allowing his word to change us and make us better. Therefore, we're being holy. Being holy. Being holy. To put it succinctly, he wants us to move away from the mindset of living in a manner that opposes the word of God to live in a manner that promotes his word. And see, the enemy in our flesh will tell you it does not matter how we think, talk, and act, but I beg to differ. It matters. It matters. If that was not true, there would be no need for prisons, law enforcement, military, all of which provides a level of law and order here on the earth. In fact, the Bible says that he gave them flaming swords, amen, to basically uphold the law. So it matters in the natural. It matters even in spiritual matters. And as believers, while our flesh, carnal desires are telling us to do what we want to do, you know, if it feels good, do it. It's some, some people are like, oh, you got to be careful about that, though. Our spirits, man, saying line up with the word of God. And sometimes when you line up with the word of God, your flesh is not going to like it. My flesh has not been a big fan of fasting for a long period of time. My flesh still like biscuits and uh, links and bread. I like sandwiches. I like steaks. I like shrimp. I still like to eat. And flesh so sometimes I say, hey, you see that you smell that? Don't it smell good? Don't eat it. <laughs> that ain't what I want to hear. I want to hear now nah, one slice, two slice, three slice, four. <laughs> that is my flesh, y'all. My flesh, some, I, I'm learning how just to eat one piece of cake. I'm learning. I didn't say I had it down. I said I'm learning. I'm learning how to eat one piece of cake. And then that one piece, I might make it two pieces big. <laughs> some of y'all didn't get that, but pray for us, okay? So I'm learning. So it takes something to do this. Therefore, I told you, it takes a lifetime. Lifetime. But this is not about, this is about relationship. Be holy, for I'm holy. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. As believers, while our flesh, carnal desires, are telling us to do one thing, our spiritual man is telling us to do something different. It will, it will, but you know there's, there's always that thing that constantly goes on. Let me show you in Romans chapter one verse seven. Romans chapter one verse seven. Let's go there quickly. To all who are in Rome beloved, esteemed, favored, and dear to God, called to be saints, holy to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this letter in, that's written in Romans, excuse me, in the book of Romans chapter one verse seven is written to believers. And one of the things he talks about in Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 6, because this letter is, we establish, it's written to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice the warning there. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice verse 7. For the, but the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. For example, my flesh can tell me it don't take all that. But y'all know it do. The Lord says that I I, I, I got knees. I got to get my knees met. My flesh can tell me even Jesus, hey, brought wine to the wedding. That give me an excuse to drink all the wine I want. Some people tell you, hey, I don't need a pastor. Some people say, hey, Sunday morning, that's my my day off. I'm going to stay in bed, rest, and play my video games. Got all kinds of thoughts that go on. Then in verse 8, Romans 8 and 8, so then those who are in the flesh, resting in the flesh, cannot please God or be in agreement with God. And then verse 9 it says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells or remain in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So we see how important it is that we remain spiritual in dealing with, uh, uh, excuse me, and the opposite is being carnally minded or in the flesh. Or in the flesh. And in verse Romans 8 and 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit of indeed, the spirit of God dwells in you. He dwells and he remains in you. And what is he doing? He's working on you. He's working on us. You know, one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about Jesus, he's working on me. And I, let me say this, he got a whole lot to do with me. Whole lot to do with me. I mean, I got some issues going on in my personal life, y'all. My mind be thinking thoughts. It got to no business thinking. I can, I can be holy. I can be quote-unquote holy one day and about ready to tear you off the next day. Sometimes 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later. I ain't talking about, whole three, two, 10 weeks later. 10 minutes later, I can go there. I can go there. So, just de- de- understand this. It's a work that Christ is doing in us. I appreciate him doing it in us. I appreciate that. Is it always easy? Well, the way of a transgressor is hard. So I need to make sure I'm following Christ, following his way of doing things. Hallelujah. And appreciate the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. John 16 and 13 says this, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Notice how he warns us. He's warning us. The Holy Spirit will warn you. You know, the Holy Spirit will warn you before you get to your job. Someday, right here today. He may not tell you exactly what it is, but he'll tell you like, hey, hold your tongue. What do I need to hold my tongue for? I ain't never held it before. Now, nah, you don't go start talking to the Lord like that. You just say, hey, okay, God, what are you preparing me for? Sometime before you get home, Holy Spirit will say, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to start praying right now. Because there's some news getting ready to hit your household, and you may not be ready for it yet. So you start praying right now. Listen, sometimes before you even read the text, you hear the bing going, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. And sometimes, because you know, like I set my, my, my text that when my wife texts me, it makes a different sound than other folks. You get that certain sound, you're like, uh oh, what's going to happen right now? I don't know the one in here. There's certain rings that go off. You're like, oh, shoot, ain't nobody. When that certain ring go off, oh, I said that because that's my calling me. I, I, better go, I better go grab the phone because if I don't grab that phone, she was like, why you didn't answer that phone? <laughs> I ain't got but four-way mans in here. I'm sorry. I, I, this is personal. I guess it's too personal for y'all. Some of y'all I understand something here. He warns us, but thank God he warns us. And how he warns us by the Spirit of God, he gets us ready. He gets us. Re- he didn't say he gonna remove it. He didn't say he'd get you ready to deal with it. Remember, he did, when when them boys got thrown that line, then he didn't. Remember, only thing he did was shut them line mouth up. He had to go sleep with them lines. You know when that fire furnace got with the with the Hebrew boys? Hey, it burned up the ones who threw them in the in the fire. He didn't turn the heat down, but you know what he did? He prepared them to go in the heat. And sometimes God will prepare you before you deal with life's situations. And thank God he does. He warns us. He gets us ready. He gets us ready. Romans 8 and 10, my last verse. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So my warning today, so my warning today, remember the body is dead, destitute of life because of sin, but the spirit is life, real, authentic Bless genuine life because of righteousness. So my warning today: warnings come to alert me to danger and possible harm. The Lord sends me warnings through His written and revealed word. He cautions me about living a life consecrated and separate and set apart for Him. But my flesh and the enemy; those enemies desire for me to think, talk, and act on God. Therefore, I need the Holy Spirit to teach God and give me power over my carnal desire and the enemy. And as we go deeper into this series about the power of warnings, I want to see how God will use warnings to alert me, alert us. These are warnings to alert others. Notice this, warning to alert others about me. You know, sometimes God will give a warning to alert others about you? Yeah, you, you, you. So next week, we're going to part two of The Power of Warnings.
1: We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number. 770-692-2225, that's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.